Welcome to That's So Romantical. We are two sisters that love to discuss all the romantic things from books to movies and more. We just love talking about love. Amber, you finished, and I, we both finished one of our books on our fall to be read list. Kind of in record time. You read it. You sacrificed sleep (laughs) to read this book. I did sacrifice sleep. On a Friday night, I mean, it's a Friday night. You can stay up till 3 a.m. on a Friday night. And you can sleep in on a Saturday morning. That's acceptable. Yes. So the book we both read recently is The Cheat Sheet by Sarah Adams. And this was my first book. I haven't read Sarah before, but I think you have. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, have I? Have I read her before? I I don't know. That's what I I was wondering. So I don't think I have. This is like my fourth or fifth book of hers. Um, she's actually one of my favorite authors. So I've been waiting for this book to come out as a football player in it, which is one of my favorite kind of characters. So I've been waiting for a few months for this to come out. So I was super excited. So that's why I put it on my fall reading list. But lo and behold, you had been reading it. So yes. this is kind of like, yeah, this is kind of like a bonus podcast because you were reading it. And so when I was explaining what it was on my list, and you wanted me to read it, but I was in the middle of a book finished up my book real fast and jumped into this and finished it in two days. So I thought usually when you and I both read books at the same time that we both love, we'll have like just a swoon, just, yeah, just a swoon, swoony talk over, (laughs) over (laughs) if the book is really great. And this is one of them real quick about Sarah Adams. She has a few other books that she's done and I highly recommend you reading those Heather because I don't know exactly what you'd loved about this book, but I'm guessing you thought the heroine was pretty funny and pretty cute. The main character. Yeah, she girl. was. Actually, at first I was a little, I don't know if I, if annoyed is the right word, but you know, we have the inner monologue in her head and I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, it's just going to be a bunch of this, like her making these little quips and jokes and things like that. And I've read books where it it just didn't appeal to me. It didn't strike me right. I don't know if my humor wasn't the same as the author's humor or what. And so when it started off like that, I was a little bit nervous, but I did end up actually really loving the heroine. She was darling. And I did like being inside of her head. So she does a really good job of writing really fun, quirky heroines. And a lot of them make me laugh out loud. (laughs) The things they do. She has a two duologies and I've read both of them. One is it happened in Charleston duology and then it happened in Nashville duology. It happened in Nashville. So it's called the off limits rule and the temporary roomie. Those two were my two favorites of the four that I had read of hers prior to this one, the cheat sheet. She does a really good job of making these kind of funny, quirky women. And she does a great job of writing her men characters. There's just something very charming about him. And she does a really good job with that, as you saw in probably the cheat sheet. So I'm glad you liked this one. So maybe you want to give the other ones. Other yeah, ones. I'll definitely put them on my to-read list, my my ever-growing to-read list. I'm never going to get through all these books that I want to read. Um, <laughs> but whenever, is, I was just going to say, whenever I'm in the mood for a rom-com, I'll definitely look at Sarah Adams. And she's a closed-door author. And that was something I liked about this book. It wasn't necessarily totally without touches and feels and things like that, kisses and makeouts. But there was something still very 
not steamy is not the right word. I need to, I need to come up with a better word for something that's very romantic, but not into the whole, you know, bedroom scene. Yeah. It's just really good chemistry. But this was kind of a spoiler. Don't listen to this podcast. If you're not, if you're not planning on reading the book, you can listen to it. If you do want to read the book, then stop, go read the book and then come back and listen. Do you want to just kind of give a brief description of the story? Yeah. So basically it's um, a girl and a guy. His name is Nathan. Her name is Bree. That's right. And she's a ballerina. was planning to, you know, have a career as this, uh, as a ballerina, but ended up in an accident. So plans change. She now teaches ballet. He is a well-known quarterback, popular celebrity and they're best friends. And they've been best friends since high school. They, lost touch in college and then they met back up after college and they've kind of been best friends for the past, I don't know, five or six years. And they both have always been in love with each other, but neither one of them has ever taken the next step to make it more. And then something happens and they end up in a fake relationship in this book. And so they have to pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend, which, but they both want to be boyfriend and girlfriend. So it's kind of a cute situation. So that's basically the rundown. I had stated this before in the podcast of our fall reads, and you said this was kind of where they're friends. And I'm not a huge fan of we've been friends for so long and now we're falling in love. But like you said, that the how the setup of this and the reason why they weren't really connecting made sense. So, you know, they meet when they're 17, their senior year. She's totally driven to go to Juilliard. So she has that focus. And I guess he's really focused on he's going to go to UT. So I think they kind of recognize our lives are kind of starting off in two different directions. She basically fell in love with him from the day one that they met. And I think he kind of did too. He was going to like get the nerve to finally say, hey, let's do a long distance thing while you go to Juilliard and I go to UT because like, I love you. But then she gets into the accident. She pulls away from him emotionally. And then she basically cuts her out of his life because she can see like he's willing to like give up going to college to stay with her. She's not in a good place. So he's always trying to contact her. I like that he was always like reaching out. He didn't completely give up, but she probably like didn't return his phone calls and she forced herself out of his life. Yeah. And then when they, when they met up again, a chance meeting, their friendship struck up again, but they were always dating. Yeah. Like they were never single at the same time. And so it never kind of like lined up where they could date. And even if they, if it did line up at this one time, it does line up. She's really, really nervous because he's her best friend and she doesn't want to take the chance that he doesn't return her feelings. And so she wants to stay in the friend zone instead of risking their relationship. And he's thinking that almost the exact same thing. Like he never lets his mind go there where in his mind to think of her as a girlfriend because he doesn't want that. He kind of doesn't want to hope that she's thinking the same thing. So anyway, basically they're kind of doing the same things to each other, maintaining this friendship while both wanting more. So when the chance comes when they can have more, it's just cute because they're pretending to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but at the same time, they, they really want to be real for real boyfriend and girlfriend. And there was just a lot of really cute moments. Um, And actually it was really funny too, not just being inside of her head and she was funny and cute and he was funny, but like his football friends, I thought when they would get together, I thought we were so funny. So when they were writing up the cheat sheet for him, his friends, you know, his football friends were giving him pointers and things that he could do to kind of transition into the girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend phase. And that whole meeting where they had like the whiteboard, they were kind of like writing it out like a football play. I thought that was really cute. 
Yeah, the banter and the dialogue between her characters, I think, is really well done and really believable. I loved in the relationship when you're first starting to get to know them, how confident she was in her friendship with them. Like they had complete trust with each other. It's just they didn't even trust themselves. They trusted each other, just they didn't trust themselves. Like um, she was just afraid of getting hurt. And I think he was, he was likewise, but she knew like she was a hundred percent trusted his, their friendship. I love how in the beginning where his girlfriend was about, she knew she was going to say like, you have to pick one or the other. She's thinking like, don't do it. Don't ask. Like he, I know he's going to pick me. He always picks me. He's not going to pick a girl over me. Sure enough. He's like, you're out of here. You know, Brie, she's my best friend. She's in my life. I like that confidence that they had and the trust that they had in each other. I felt like I, their friendship seemed really believable. It was really well written. Um, their interaction with each other. Sometimes when the writers write, like, we're best friends. They're like, how are you friends? Like, that's, I don't see the. <laughs> yeah, they felt very natural together. Um, and Sarah Adams did a very good job of portraying that. Just like little moments, little things here and there. You would think that they, these people actually did exist and had a relationship as friends. Um, so that was kind of neat. What were some of your favorite parts about the book? Favorite scenes? Anything that stands out to you? I do have some favorite scenes. One of the things I like about Sarah Adams and this book, she's so good at one of the things that you and I love is, you know, like the actions, the mannerisms, like where their hands are, where they're sitting, where they're standing, like the location they are. She's very good at describing all of those little details. She really does a good job of painting this picture of what's happening in addition to the dialogue that's being said. So yes, I did highlight some, I was so in the book though. I was just like enjoying it and reading it. And I was like, <laughs> I get enthralled and then I don't take a moment to like highlight. So I have five highlights in the book. How many highlights do you have? I think I ended up with like maybe 15 highlights. So, which is a lot for me. I don't typically highlight that many, but I wanted to, I highlighted a lot of my laugh out loud parts and my favorite this book might have one of my favorite kiss scenes ever so I highlighted that part too one of the scenes I loved because there was a lot of them but I highlighted this one is when she's going to that big gala for the first time she is all dressed up and she's kind of stepped into his world as best friend she always let that for the girlfriends to do the girlfriends could go to the big press and celebrity and things that he went to but now this portrayal or this like false uh, situation of her being that pretend she's a girlfriend she had to go to this so she's super nervous and um, she goes and then I think she like stumbles over something and she falls into this poster <laughs> and rips through the poster so like Sports Illustrated does edition where all these sports characters are completely naked but they're situated so you don't see like body parts but they're like completely <laughs> naked so him being like a star quarterback He's in this magazine, which she owns, but she's like never opened it up to look at it. She's like, I don't want to see his naked body. So she falls to this poster. She's trying to like put the poster back together. <laughs> and it's the poster <laughs> of him standing there naked with his hands. And it's covering like a huge up, poster. A huge poster with his hands like covering up his, the football strategically placed as he's facing forward. She's trying to put it together. Anyway. I mean, that'd be just mortifying, like so embarrassing. And, you know, she's like, I don't want to turn around. Everyone sees me. Everyone's laughing because she can tell everyone's quiet. And the part that she wrote, Nathan steps up beside me, wraps his hand around my bicep and presses his chest to my back. 
so we can lean down and whisper, are you okay? I loved that part. I just visualized it just him. Like she's probably staying there just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And that he knows that. And so he just kind of stepped and he's this big guy. Right. And just like, just the visual of him coming up close, like make sure she's okay. She's okay. Coming up to his, her back and just lay, leaning down and like, are you okay? I just loved- yeah, he was very good at taking care of her and making sure that she was okay in every single situation because she was kind of thrown into his life, into the spotlight, which she wasn't used to. And he knew that she wouldn't love that. And so I think he was really nervous about that. He, I think he thought that it would scare her away, but she actually ended up adjusting and really liking his celebrity world. I that was a funny part. That was just a funny and precious part. Did you have any other favorite parts? One part I thought was kind of funny. So, so that one I thought was really sweet. So he had accidentally seen her naked. It was, she doesn't know. And he's like been haunted by this. Not like haunted, but like this image that he's known. Forced himself like, don't ever think he about that. He feels a little guilty about it, actually. Yeah, because she, <laughs> she doesn't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Yeah, because he has a key to her apartment and went in one time when she didn't know he was coming over and she was like walking around naked. So he finally confesses, like, I have a confession. Like, I need to tell you, I've seen you naked. Because he's trying to make her feel better about this is the aftermath of this party where in the poster. So this part I thought was so funny where he had made the confession. And then she was like, she, he's like, I didn't really see you. It was kind of like a walk around the apartment naked kind of girl. And she was like, oh, I was probably just making myself tanner dry off. And then he kind of like, I think he starts visualizing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the part where she goes, she says, Nathan is quiet for so long. I think he fell asleep. I peek up and see his eyes glazed over, eyes staring into the distance, and I realize what's happening. And so I clap loudly in front of his face. Oh, no, you don't. You don't get a picture of me naked. Like, I just, like, (laughs) that was really funny for clapping in his face. And there was another part where she did something where he had made a face, and she, like, poked at his face. Like, what's his face all about? Like, they're, they're little. I feel like they were always kind of find excuses to kind of touch each other or be, like, in each other's close vicinity. I thought that was, that was cute. So there's sweet part, funny part. What about you? I think two of my favorite scenes are the scene when he, he has just flown home, and he's, like, in his casual workout shorts, backward baseball cap. And I, I really like that casual look on guys for some reason. I love, I love sporty, athletic men. Um, Joel's very athletic and I, I find that very attractive. And so he comes home from the plane and she's making brownies and she's up on, she's standing on the counter because she couldn't reach the, the bowl he has way up high because he's so tall and keeps his stuff really high. And I just liked that scene because they get into a little food fight, but it's a kind of a, it's not like a food fight where they're like throwing food it's just a it's a food fight where they're putting pudding on each other (laughs) control food fight a very controlled yes food fight and so I thought that that was that was kind of cute and I liked the quote where I and I actually put this quote up on our Instagram account where she says there's something about a man not trying at all but still exuding confidence and strength that is undeniably sexy it's in the way he casually drops his duffel bag in the middle of the floor, tosses his keys onto the marble countertop with a lazy flick of his wrist, looks up at me and tilts his head as his eyes drop to the small sliver of my exposed torso where my shirt has ridden up. And just imagining that is just such a good description of that scene. It totally put me in the scene. And maybe that's one reason why I really enjoyed that scene so much. The other scene I loved was their 
second kiss. So the first kiss, I don't think really counts because it was sort of a little peck on the lips in front of the cameras. But the second kiss where they don't like have to have to kiss, um, I thought was really, it was very clean, but also kind of steamy. <laughs> I really loved how that played out. It was at a party and they're in a dark hallway. And um, he kind of, he tells her that he's going to kiss her. And then he kind of, as he's doing it, he says things like pretend like I've done this a thousand times and things like that. So I thought that was a really, a really beautifully written scene and not just any usual kissing that you normally read. So I really did. I did really enjoy that. I highlight that the entire kissing scene, it was fantastic. It was Clobaz. He's a quarterback, right? So he like huddles in with his guys and does a play. Like, this is the play. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, and I'm going to throw to you, you know, so he's used to like kind of controlling the situation. And that's kind of like what he does with her a little bit. Like he takes a step back and kind of lets her know, like, this is what I'm going to do. So, right. And he takes it very slow. You know, he puts, first puts his hand on her hip and then he takes a step forward, pushes her against the wall. He moves in slowly. And so it was like very, very deliberate, which actually heightened, I feel like the tension and the, the hotness of it. And then, like you said, he kind of does a play-by-play as he's going about doing it. Anytime there's a wall being involved, if someone's going up against a wall, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's like one of my favorite settings for for kissing. One of the lines that he says there is, pretend I have every inch of you mapped out like the back of my hand, which of course he obviously does have like every inch of her mapped out because he's been in love with her since they've been like 17. But he says, pretend I have every inch of you mapped out. So. I just loved how she wrote that out. I think I could probably reread that kissing every day for the rest of my life and just be content and happy. Yeah, it makes sense because he's uh, everything he's saying is actually stuff that he wants is true, but he can't tell her that yet. They're not in that right. relationship. But on our stories, on our podcast, I told everyone that they need to read this book ASAP. And then I put my theme song. I've been obsessed for the last few weeks, the Justin Bieber song, Off My Face. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to it every day. And he actually says that in this kiss, he says, pretend I am off my face for you. And all you want right now is for me to kiss you, which is obviously true. He is off his face for her. Mm -hmm. And she definitely does want him to kiss her. But I just don't know what off my face means, but I just I don't either, but it's fantastic. Yeah. At least it's so romantical. I mean, it's a romantical <laughs> phrase. Maybe we need to do an Instagram question. What does off my face mean? Where did that come from? But did Justin hey, Bieber come up with that? Is that his thing? I don't think so. Anyway, so that's my, so I chose that as my theme song for this book. Oh, so now when good. I listen to it. I visualize this kissing. One of the parts that I thought was really funny was in this book was when she, they're kind of like laying down the, the, the rules for this relationship. She's hesitant to go into this relationship at first because she's afraid that it will feel too real to her and then it will be ripped away from her in the end. And then she'll be forever, you know, pining after him and sad. And so she wants to have these ground rules down to make sure that there are certain lines that aren't crossed some points that she can't return from. And so she says that they can't have any hanky panky. And he, his response was funny. He says, what, what exactly is hanky panky? 
and and it was kind of funny because there's terms that she just won't use she like replaces them with other terms like hanky pinky and I think there was a couple more just it's totally something I would do as well instead of saying the actual word replacing it with another word and so I thought it was funny because he he's trying to figure out what exactly do you mean by hanky pinky you know I don't know what this word is is it a dance move or you know you need to be a little more specific here is you know am I allowed to do this am I allowed to do that so I thought that was a that was a really funny part yeah him teasing her I do love the part so the first time they when they meet when they're 17 they actually meet on a track when they're running and she was running and he noticed that she had her shoe had to come untied. And so rather than saying, oh, your shoe's untied, he kind of put his hand out, stopped her. And then he bent down and tied her shoe for him. And she says at that point, that's the day that she fell in love with him. It started. And she actually tells him the story later on. She, I think that's sweet. And he's like, <laughs> I like how he like looks up and like, like he's in pain. Like you're telling me. We've been in love with each other <laughs> since day one. We've been suffering all this time. Anyway, and um, you can tell that he's just like, oh, my gosh. Anywho, so there's another part later on in the book where she is dressed up and he bends down again, takes off her shoe. Right. I think that was the part when she tells him or he confesses to her that he's seen her naked. And so she's like, it's only fair if I see you naked. And so he starts to slowly undress. And then when he gets to his belt and starts unbuttoning his pants, she like totally freaks out. And she's like trying to get out of the apartment as soon as possible. And she puts her shoes on the wrong feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's okay. She doesn't even want to stop to fix her shoes. And then he stops her and it's like, I think he says, you're going to break an ankle or something like that. And so he slowly, he does, he goes down. He takes her shoes off and very slowly puts them back on holding her calf and, and all that. So I think yeah. I might have highlighted that part. I love that part. So it's her perspective. It's her point of view. This is a dual perspective book. So she's describing him going down, taking one shoe off, like tapping her calf, like, okay, switch feet. And she does it. And she's watching him kneeling down like that. And then she sees him like, there's a moment where he just pauses and stares at her legs and then comes back up because like he's in love with her and like he loves her legs. I just love that where he was just like probably in his head. She's a ballerina. So I'm pretty sure her legs are amazing. Yes. He's just trying to <laughs> restrain himself and he does, but he can't help but enjoy the view and look for a second, which he's probably, it shows that it's probably something that he's done for years. Like, you know, that's what he said. Like when it, the thoughts come to his head, he just, just keep moving. Like he moves on, like moving on, not going to think about it. It's fun that he had, they actually had this opportunity to open up all those things that they wanted to do. It was just, really really cute hey but you know what what so we did our podcast on how we don't want our men crying in books yeah he cried he cried when did he cry maybe i just blocked it out (laughs) (laughs) kind of an important part of there so the party the panic attack and he breaks down and this is the part so the whole time i'm thinking the book like he's taking care of her like he's always taking care of her he's always tuning into her I kind of was getting frustrated. I'm like, girl, you need to reciprocate. Like he's got, you got this amazing man. Like, what are you giving into this relationship of friendship? Right. I think upon reflection, I realized she was just, she didn't really want anything from him as like the celebrity football player. She was just, you know, she saw him for who he was. She was lighthearted, fun, 
She didn't like ask anything from him, didn't expect anything from like the rest of the world, even his parents did. So I think that was really great that she was able to be like that kind of friend to him. But I kind of wanted to see her do more and give more for him and take care of him a little bit more like he always takes care of her. Through the through the story, and I think she did a good job at this. Instead of just throwing a panic attack at us, and like the reader would think, where did that come from? You do see kind of the lead up to that that he does have a lot of pressure. There's moments when he almost does go into the panic attack thing, but she's been there to help ease him back out. So like when he went out on the field when he was younger and playing, he'd look up in the stands, and she would always be there, give him a silly face or whatever, and it would just kind of calm his heart and his mind. So she she was kind of his emotional lifeline, I feel like. And then when that panic attack actually does overwhelm him and consume him, it's because he can't get to her. So she's trying to get to him, but there's a crowd of people, so she can't, he can't see her because usually she just by just like the sight of her helps to calm him down and bring him back from the ledge and he couldn't. And so that's the panic attack did consume him. And she was there to kind of help him through that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like to see guys cry in books, but I feel like this was well done. We were kind of being led into this situation instead of just thrown at us from like the left field. The author slowly walks us into this um, scene and the situation that kind of was expected I figured at some point he would probably have some sort of a breakdown and I didn't realize it would be quite that severe, but it's good to know that he's not perfect. You know, he has flaws and difficulties, challenges, because he's had a pretty sweet life. And and that was part of it. Like he felt like everything's been handed to him. And so to see that he has some, <clears throat> has some issues kind of just well, made him real. It did. It did make him real and vulnerable to her. And I think that's, so that moment when he's crying and breaking down and she's comforting him this entire time, she's been afraid to basically tell him like, I love you. Like for her to finally be vulnerable enough to go out on the limb and actually share her feelings to him. So he's feeling like less than, and this anxiety and breaking down. And she's seeing that. And I think she realizes one way that I can help him is I can let him know like how much he means to me. And I know that was really scary for her to actually tell him that she loved him. So she decides to, to heal him in the situation to help him. She's willing to say, I love you. Like you're all these amazing things. And cause you are all this and you are worthy of what you have as she's describing this and helping heal him in this moment. She says, that's the reason why I fell in love with you. And that was huge. Like for him, that's all he's been waiting to hear is that she, that she loves him because he loves her. So I liked that him crying in front of her and breaking down and being vulnerable and trusting enough to cry in front of her. She was able to finally break through that fear enough because she just wanted to help him. She forgot about herself, forgot about her fears or insecurities and was willing to share her love, profess her love to him. If she had said, I loved you like six years ago, <laughs> that'd been fine. But they haven't. And so, wait, like, y'all need to just tell each other you love each other. I know. Of course, then you don't have the story. You don't have the tension. We wouldn't have this amazing book. Yeah. So I'll Obviously. forgive them for that. Obviously. But that's but why. 
you know, in the end, in the end, they have the wedding like so fast. They get married so quickly, but it's like they've been dating practice. I mean, they know why wait? They've been best friends for the past six plus years. Why wait? So I thought that was cute. Did you like that ending? Oh yeah, I thought that ending was super was super cute. I mean, I kind of had a feeling like, oh, they'll they're gonna get married. They'll elope at the Vegas, but I didn't expect him that he'd already been planning it, that everyone was showing up and all that. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. So yeah, um, really, really cute. Do you have any other highlights? Oh, I had lots of highlights, but um, do you remember? Did you have any of those warm fuzzies? I've noticed when I'm reading a story and the man feels is it called unrequited love he feels Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like he's pining for her um she doesn't realize how much he loves her or likes her and he's kind of being quiet like he's that vulnerable I've realized like that gives me a lot of warm fuzzies when you know that that he likes her but she doesn't know that he likes her and those moments which is a lot of this book I did love that part of it I like how um, he says, your soul is my favorite in this entire world. And then she says something similar too. She loves his soul. It's just, you know, more than just loving each other because they're attractive, but there's just so much more to their relationship, which Sarah Adams shows you. Sarah Adams, when you read her about the author blurb, she says, her hope is to always write stories that make you laugh, maybe even cry but always leave you happier than when you started reading. And I think Sarah Adams, you do a really good job at this. Thank you for writing these books. And I look forward to reading more of her books. And Heather, this can be one of your back pocket people. Yeah, definitely. For sure. When I'm in the mood for a contemporary, she's going to be one of my go-to authors. All right. Well, hopefully you guys all enjoyed the cheat sheet, our little swoon podcast on it happy reading happy check reading. out sarah adams talk to you later yeah. bye